3: Hey everybody, welcome back to Inside the 5. It's Stav.
2: It's Will.
4: And it's Griff.
3: And today we're going to be recapping week 4 of the NFL season. Got some good games, boys. What do you say? Let's do it. Hey everybody, welcome back to Inside the 5. Let's get started by talking about our predictions I mean, last episode, as we do every single uh, episode before the week starts, we go through predictions, we pick the spreads, and we pick the over-under. And here are the prediction percentages from week four. So, Will and I tied in first place for the spreads at 53%. As of right now, we still have San Francisco versus the Rams tonight. But Will and I are guaranteed to be above – um, we're guaranteed to be above fifty percent now. Griff, on the other hand, unfortunately, is only at forty percent for the spreads.
5: Not terrible. That's not terrible. It's, it's
3: not bad when you look at a grand scheme of things. That's not a bad start. I mean, let's. I'm going to pick out some good wins for Griff here. He had his lock of the week hit. We're we're just yep. spreading positivity. But we do. Um, he also had. I mean, we. All the
5: picks <laughs> yeah, pick so okay. a lot like, of the same picks, but any of the games that I pick.
3: But let's let's talk about something else that's not related to football. Griff, you had a perfect game last night in NBA 2K. I think we should give a round of applause <laughs> to Griff. There, scored forty points, sixteen to sixteen shooting, nine to nine from three, five assists, few steals, no turnovers. Impressive. But yeah, let's I'm get back sure to what
5: this. I do in real life in 2K. This is what I've been doing. I've exactly.
3: But let's get back to actual football. I thought we should just include that little side note, and then for the over/unders, Griff, you and I tied for first there with thirty-eight uh, percent. Will, that's still not <laughs> <hard. That's
5: laughs> okay. We Will tell
3: you at thirty-one percent?
5: But wait, what does Will have for this game tonight? We all have the under. Okay, I still I'm I'm ready to tank, so Will can get under thirty <laughs> percent. <laughs> All right. But anyways, so
3: where where was I going to go with this? (laughs) All right, Jeez, I I had exactly what I was going to say. But all right. Oh, yes. Yesterday, Griff and I actually put some financial uh, leverage on a specific game, and it didn't hit. That that was probably electric, the most electric part of the day, though, because I think we talked after every single play. Every play. Like, this is going to help And then once it all fell apart, dude, I was just dead on the inside. I was so dead. I was so pissed.
2: It was the worst day
1: ever.
3: This is bad journalism, but Griff and I had the over in the Ravens-Bills
5: game, and it looked good going into the fourth quarter. It looked good. I had them straight up as a straight bet. I also had it in a parlay. It was the only leg of the parlay that didn't hit for more than nine units in return.
3: Yeah, that's yeah, it. It was tough. It was tough. Very tough. I mean, it was just a rough moment. Actually. Shout out me! I finished this week positive for the first time that's in me. the entire season. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> like, I I actually did. I did very well this week. I ended up. The only bets I lost were, um, the over in the Bills Ravens game. Yeah, and. Over Leonard Fournette rushing yards. Those are the only two that that I lost. I hit on the Cowboys. That was my lock of the week. I actually bet on my lock of the week, even though that contradicts what I actually believe in. Like, I feel like I'm a mush, so every time I bet on something, it doesn't happen, so I was afraid to bet on my lock of the week. But it hit, and I rode Eagles uh, minus 6.5 with Griff. That was also
5: electric. Yeah, that was electric. And the Patriots,
3: I didn't didn't mean to hedge you here, but the Patriots plus 9.5, that was a lock.
5: That was I took it, dude. I just took it kind of as like a pity pick. I was like, it's so many points, but I think they're going to do it. And we'll get into that game in a little bit. But that was,
0: mm-hmm.
5: I mean, that was an emotional roller coaster for me from the beginning of the game until like halfway through the fourth when like it started to become apparent that like we might go in overtime and minus nine and a half is a no go in overtime. But, but we'll get more in depth about that. That was a tough beat for me. All right. Yeah. But let's, let's start off
3: recapping week four, which, Great slate all around. I thought every single day was had a lot of good games. We were in for a very entertaining week. And we said this even before the week started. We said that this is gonna be a good week and it lived up to expectations. Starting off, especially with Thursday night, uh the Bay or the Dolphins at the Bengals, the Bengals debuted their whiteout uniforms. And unfortunately, we saw probably one of the more disturbing injuries when Tua Tagovailoa got hit, landed on his head. He was out in Amazon Prime made to made sure to show the replay about forty five times so we could see what happened. Oh yeah, and got taken to the hospital stretchered out scary injury. Um, But we're we're here to talk about football. We're not here to be doctors. But I mean, I thought the Bengals played well. They had a lot of dink and dunk passes that were very boring at times, and then when they took the top off the defense, it worked. T. Higgins had a great game. Jamar Chase got going late in the game. Joe Mixon got the ball about 35 times and ran for 60 yards. But I thought Burrow looked well. I thought he played well. And I'm excited to see how the Bengals continue to put it together.
4: Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I feel like the Bengals put it together very well on Thursday night. I mean, obviously, you hate to see two will go down, especially in a primetime game. For them, that's a big game. Obviously, we don't know what his status is going on for the rest of the season. I don't think yet. So it'll be interesting to see what they're going to be able to do. Teddy Bridgewater
5: as a backup. Yeah, and I want to say that, um, you know, when Tua came out with all that happened, Teddy Bridgewater did step up, and he kind of filled into that role, which is kind of tough not to do when you have, I mean, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Mike Gusecki as your dumped down, you know? Um, And... Teddy B came through, and I I actually have a lot of trust in Teddy B. Remember, before the season started, you know, it's only been four weeks, but Tua kind of earned that job in the first three weeks. It was very obvious. Young guy, I mean, he scored, what, five or six touchdowns in that one game. Um, But before the season even started, we are talking about, like, when is Teddy Bridgewater going to come in, and when is this Tua thing going to be over? So I I really don't think that the Dolphins will fall off too much. Um, I liked the Dolphins in this game. Um, That was a bad – miss for me as well but you're right the Bengals did very good in the game i like their defense as well a lot um it was kind of one of those games that they had to scratch it out they ended up getting up about two scores so um i feel like we're gonna see a lot of games exactly like this from the Bengals this year
3: and i mean they're only gonna get better i think i mean they were a good team last year and this kind of happened with them where they started off a little bit slow and then they got hot towards the end of the year that's bound to happen again and Their offensive line, they're still clicking. They're still learning. They didn't really play well, but they're still – it's all chemistry. Once the chemistry clicks, I think the Bengals will be fine, and that division's still pretty good. I mean, you have three teams that – in the AFC North that are really competing for a division title, and then even now the Steelers have a new life emerging from uh, starting Kenny Pickett now. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be very interesting to see how this division shakes up. And – Let's roll into Sunday now. Starting off with a 930 game. Wow, I, I love the 930 games. It's just unfortunately in the IT five super league. Actually, no, fortunately, I'm I get my first one in the IT five super league. However, Dude. I didn't have I didn't wake up in time to bench Alvin Kamara, who was a game time decision. That's on me as a fantasy manager. I should have known. But <laughs> this was a great start to Sunday boys. I mean, that was probably the best finish we've seen in a London game in a while.
5: I mean, yeah, it, it's, I feel like every time we get to these London games, the scores end up being like seven to three or something like that. And it's not even like a defensive shootout or a defensive battle. It's like a, nobody can get anything going, but, um, I feel like if there's any two people that actually do something in London, it's Kirk Cousins and Andy Dalton, because now like that was their one shining moment to be like superstars across seas. Um, And Andy Dalton came in and had a great game. Um, I was happy that Jameis was still in London. Uh, I feel like he deserved it. And I was ready for him to come back in the game. And at the end, when the Vikings uh, drilled that field goal to end it, Jameis Winston thought it was off and like ran onto the field, thought they won. (laughs) <laughs> I saw a clip of him. Like they I showed it on that. NFL Network right after the game. There's, yeah, I mean, that was,
3: I was happy with that. And the the Saints debuted their black helmets. They need to wear black uniforms with that helmet. It, it, looks they, it so didn't out of look good with the uniform. And helmets. Andy Dalton did not look good in those uniforms. You can't <laughs> have black, gold, and orange. It's just like not a good combo, but. I mean, Andy Dalton played okay, and I I really like what I saw to Chris Olave this weekend. I mean, we know that Michael Thomas was out. We knew Alvin Kamara is out, so it's like, all right, who's going to be that next guy to step up? And he was a guy who fit into his role perfectly. He caught a touchdown. He had like over sixty yards receiving on a few receptions. But he's probably going to emerge into wide receiver two, maybe even wide receiver one, going into this offense going forward. And the Saints definitely need somebody to step up because. What, what is that a one and three start to start the year that's
5: it's not typically yep. good
4: mm-hmm.
5: and the vikings who after week one turned it around they were my dark horse i've been saying it and they're three and one right now They're three and one yeah that's uh vikings that's, are good i've been justin
3: jefferson it. is awesome i mean um i feel like that's pretty obvious but he impresses me every time he has one of those games. He wanted to go 10 yeah. receptions, 147 yards, and he had a rushing touchdown at a little end around in the goal line. Um, they gave him the opportunity to succeed. And against a top-tier corner in Marshawn Lattimore, he did that. And after the last Eagles, two weeks, he had, he had pretty lackluster weeks against the Eagles and then even last week against the uh, – I think they played the Lions last week.
5: Yeah, that sounds right.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they played the Lions last week. And he didn't really have a great game, but I'm glad that he finally bounced back. Because when he's when he's on that Vikings offense is completely different. Adam Thielen, I think he went eight for seventy two. Davin Cook really didn't do that much, but still, when that Vikings offense is going, it's it's very hard to stop them, especially in Tottenham
5: Spurs Stadium. <laughs> that, I mean, that's their home. They they might as well just play there every week now. Because if they're going to do don't. that every week, like you're not going to see that from Kirk Cousins every week. No, he stinks. He's literally, it was a literally the literal
3: opposite of prime time. He's literally at 9 in the morning. That's the perfect time. Yeah, it's perfect. Time.
5: Like, I low-key, I'm not going to lie, I woke up at 9.45 and turned it right on before I even ate breakfast because mm-hmm. I, like, woke up and it was, like, the first drive was already over.
2: I was like, oh, my goodness. I yeah, knew so, there
5: was a 9.30 game. I had the alarm set, and I'm like, I was just
3: I woke pressing. up and I went down because I, I was home this weekend. I woke up and I went downstairs and my dad didn't know it was on. My dad turned this game on. And I kid you not, we sat in our living room and watched football all day. And like, yeah. we drove. We, after to the Pats,
5: eleven. Yeah,
3: after the Pats game, um, he drove. He was driving me back. My mom was in the car, and she was like, "You didn't do anything all day." I'm like, "That's such a lie. We watched football all day. Like, all day. that's something all day. very important to us." My dad was like, "Sundays the Lord's day of relaxation. You can't bother me on Sunday." <laughs> All right, so let's get into the one o'clock slate of games. Griff, your Seahawks putting up a whopping 48 points. This is a scoregami game, which I didn't even know. I think what was the final score of the game? Was it 48 to 45? 48 to 45. I feel like that that's sounds like, like
5: a common a, score. Yeah,
3: I, I feel like that sounds like a very high scoring I mean, Obviously, it's a high scoring game, they've almost yeah. 100 points put up. But we have seen a lot of
5: points be put up in NFL games.
3: Yeah. So I I was surprised to see that was a score-agami. But Griff, give me your initial thoughts. I know we kind of talked about it yesterday, but I want to hear a little bit more a day later, Victory Monday for you.
5: Um, Yeah, it's a great Victory Monday. Um, You know, Geno Smith, uh, through four games this season, has a completion percentage of 77.3. That is the greatest um, completion percentage Through for any starter through four games in NFL history. So that's a big start for Geno. Um, We may be going a little too fast because, let's be honest here, Geno's like 45 years old at this point, and I'm about ready for Bryce Young, but this was a great win. Geno did it in the air, 320 yards in the air, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He had a QB rating of 91.3, which is like, I mean, you can – you can compare this to Jared Goff. who threw for four touchdowns with one pick, and his rating was 121 below that. I mean, he, he's he been doing his job. We've not been asking him to do too much. Just give it to your playmakers. That's exactly what he does. He found DK for 150 yards. Tyler Lockett added on 90 of them. He fumbled on the punt return. I don't know why Tyler Lockett is still returning punts when we have D. Eskridge. Um, Rashad Penny had an absolute day. I've been saying that we should start um, – <laughs> Oh. <laughs> that we should start <laughs> Kenneth Walker, and I'm gonna stick with it. I I think that the way that the O line is playing, that any running back can go back there and do it. Rashad Penny a little bit more physical, so he's been getting it done. It's been a great. I, it's been a great. I, well, I
3: started laughing. I thought you were about to like say I've been saying Rashad Penny should be the starter. I like just like, but no, you you stuck with your guns, and I appreciate yeah. you doing that. And,
5: and I still think Kenneth Walker should be the starter. And he's I, not getting I, enough reps.
3: No, I 100% agree. I watched a little bit of the highlights. I couldn't, unfortunately, watch that whole game just because I don't have red zone at home or direct, whatever. But this was an awesome game to watch. It was a good viewer game, and we saw a lot out of the Lions offense as well, coming in from an outside perspective here, where Jared Goff was making a lot of tough throws, and these receivers were going up and making plays for him. It's just the Detroit Lions cannot put it together on all three phases of the ball. I mean. It's one week the defense plays well and the offense stinks. I don't know. You've, actually, I take that back. The offense has been awesome. They've scored the most points in the NFL through four weeks. And it's they are the def- one in three. So It's been it, the defense. The defense is really struggling. The special teams are struggling for the Lions. There are three uh, phases of football. As we all know, you have to be good on all three phases to win football games. Um, the Lions are – I feel like they're a team who you trust their defense. Like, just – Based off the eye test and their head coach, yeah. it's like, oh Dan Campbell, you trust that defense? No, the offense is carrying them. And yet, imagine putting up 45 points and losing. And it's- they
5: haven't—they haven't lost a game by more than four points this year. Their their largest margin of defeat has been four points all year. They're a covering machine. We might have to take that into factor going into next week. They were favored in this game, though. Underdog covering machine. They have been they have been covering though. Like against the Eagles, they covered obviously. Against the Commanders, they obviously covered. They won the game by eleven or nine points. And then against the Vikings, I think they were dogs by like six and they covered. Yep. All right. Um it was a a great game, though. It was a fantastic game. game. Um and speaking of a game that actually caught me by surprise is this next one up on the slate between the Jets and the Steelers, a game where we saw a rookie quarterback for the first time, Kenny Pickett. And it was one of those um, It's one of those games where this nobody was expecting this. And I literally said it on the last episode um, mm-hmm. that I think Mitch is going to be the quarterback for, like, a while and, like, nobody's going to say or do anything about it. But Kenny Pickett came in, and on the first passing play – I mean, they ran the ball about five times with him, but on the first passing play, threw a bomb, got picked off. After that, he kind of settled in. I want to say he ran in for two touchdowns in this game. I want to say, but
0: they had the two
3: read option plays in the goal line and yeah, he he had his two rushing touchdowns,
5: but at the end of the day, um, it was a 24, 20 victory. Will Zach Wilson coming back, um, jets at two and two, like what's, what's the direction of this team? Oh, they're, they're going to suck again. That's such a
3: bad win for the jets. Like they had no business winning that game, but I mean, that's how jet, that's how the jets have won their two games. Um, The Steelers really did throw this game away, in my opinion. Kenny Pickett threw three picks, and all three of them were not his fault. The first one, it was a deep post to Chase Claypool that hit him in the chest, bounced up, and it was picked off by the safety. The second one, he was rolling out to his right. He was trying to throw it away. He didn't throw it high enough, like, out of bounds, where Pat Firemove tipped it up, at, like, staving it like volleyball, and it was picked off. And then the third one was a Hail Mary throw that ended up being picked off. But – If I'm looking at the Steelers here, they have a direction now. Like, it it feels like this seems revitalized. It seems as if,
0: like...
3: They are rallying around Kenny Pickett, and I'm excited to see what they do. I mean, maybe now this re- like allows Najee Harris to continue to or to pick up where he was last year. Uh The receivers might have new life, you know, especially like George Pickens, who's been f- visibly frustrated. Deontay Johnson really didn't do anything yesterday, but Chase Claypool, another guy who you expect to put up big numbers, and Pat Fryermuth. I mean, now they're all probably happy. Like, all right, let's see what the kid can do. And they ran a lot of zone read, read option yesterday, which. Is what kenny pickett does and if they can add that new dynamic offense to their approach who knows how dangerous the steelers team can be
4: yeah i mean obviously i mean zach wilson being back now for the jets could mean bigger things for them i mean they do have i mean they have been playing pretty well on offense they do have weapons their defense definitely does need a little bit of work but they didn't play too too bad I really think Kenny Pickett should be starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers from here on out for the rest of the season. They look like a more complete team with him at starting QB.
5: And that's that's the question. Like Kenny came into this game, but what does that mean for the future? Like who's going to be the starting quarterback even coming up this next week? Like I don't know. It has yeah, to be Kenny. It, it has to you be would Kenny, think? but
4: but I really think it's going to I really think they're going to do the same thing. I think they're going to have Mitch go out. They might go him, back to Mitch, yeah. They might go back to Mitch and then as soon as he messes things up again they're like all right Kenny Pickett's more than enough for us to come. I mean he did run in for two touchdowns obviously those three picks that he threw I wouldn't really consider his fault at all I mean he gave them a good ball his receivers didn't come down with it they they just they were their receivers really fumbled the bag for him mm-hmm. I think if they give him more reps on the offense I mean they're going to be able to do good things I think he has the skill set. He has the receivers. Their defense is good. They can be good with Kenny Pickett. this, he just isn't it.
3: Exactly, Will. You said it perfectly. The receivers really did fumble it for him. And um, how I like to look at rookie quarterbacks especially is imagine what they can do with a full week of practice. I don't like when you throw a rookie in at halftime or whatever they did. Give them a full week with the starting offense. Tell them that they're gonna start. Give them that confidence heading into the week because it obviously we all know this. It takes a special type of person, a special type of athlete to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And once you give them more confidence than they already have, that's a dangerous thing. And you gotta instill that confidence in them. All right, we saw what you can do. We like what we saw. You're our guy. You're going, you're gonna be the guy going forward. Lead us this week in practice, be a leader and you're with the ones and show us what you can do for the entire game next week.
4: I think they're, if they don't do that, they're really going to fumble the bag with Kenny Pickett. Like not entirely. I think there's still obviously ton, ton of upside with him, but like in terms of for the rest of the season, if they don't start him next week with that same mentality, he's going to think he, those three picks were his fault and he's going to be down on himself. And as soon as he comes back in, let's say in two to three weeks and he throws a pick, that's genuinely his fault. He's not going to want to play. Exactly. He's going
5: to be down on himself. And one thing that uh, Kenny Pickett did actually very good um, in this game was give the ball to George Pickens. You know, we've been waiting to see what he can really do um, if you feed him a little bit. And I guess it was the rookie to rookie connection. But Kenny must like George Pickens because he finished the game. This was his first 100 receiving yard game in the NFL. He didn't come down with a touchdown. But. I mean, over a hundred yards. I want to say he had like six or seven receptions. That must feel pretty good to get started here. And it's week four, and there's a lot of time. And I feel like, kind of like how we see on the Cowboys, you know, the practice squad connection between uh, Cooper Rush and Noah Brown. Um, that's kind of what, like, you could say about this rookie connection here with Kenny Pickett and George Pickens. And those are two guys that, in my opinion, have way more potential than the other two that I just talked about from Dallas. So, um, if you keep Kenny in just build that chemistry up with this young team, have a younger quarterback, even though Mitch isn't too old, have a young quarterback that has a lot more potential than Mitch Trubisky does. We've seen what Mitch Trubisky can do. Um, You know, he got carried by his uh, defense in Chicago. He did just enough to get to that one NFC championship game. But we don't even know what what Kenny Pickett can do yet. So why not give it a shot You're a Steelers team that you have the defense to be a win now. Your offense is missing a few pieces, but what if they can – you know, put a few together during the draft, and that's what they did. George Pickens, Kenny Pickett, take a shot here. Like it's, it's a tough loss to the Jets, but that's his first game. Let him settle in, see what happens. I, I really think that that could be a duo. You know, mm-hmm. this year between the two rookies, not, not like a duo where George Pickens finishes the year with a thousand yards, but I think this could be something that they could take to the next level if they want to. I mean, get back to the playoffs.
3: Exactly, and it's always good to see a young tandem working together well. And this entire Steelers' offense is very young. I mean, I think Chase Claypool is probably their oldest receiver, and it's his, what, fourth season in the NFL? So Yeah, it, something like that. That's, that says a lot. So I think we should move on to the next game. For, like, three seconds, the Bears at the Giants. Good job, Saquon Barkley. The Giants are 3-1. and
5: one. Congratulations. Saquon played quarterback in this game. Didn't throw, but he played quarterback a lot. Oh, Bob yeah. Cat, because both Daniel Jones and Tyron Taylor got hurt in this game. I love Saquon, Saquon, by the way. I I
3: think I told you this yesterday, Griff. He's probably my favorite running back in the NFL. Saquon is so fun to watch, how he makes something out of nothing almost every single time he touches the ball. He's so versatile, a a dream running back for any single franchise to have.
5: And he had 146 yards on 31 touches. Like, he was getting it done.
3: Yes. Against a decent
5: uh, Bears run defense as well. Yeah, that's like their claim to fame is their run defense with, I mean, that front line and then Roquan Smith down the middle. Like, they he just ran it all over them. And in a game where they literally did not have a quarterback for the end of this game, um, they still managed to put up points in every single quarter, which was, I mean, impressive. They did it in almost like the least or like the worst way, 7-7, seven, 3-3 seven, three three th- from the first through the fourth quarter. But 20-12 to 12 is a big win for the Giants, and now they are also at 3-1. and one.
4: Big for them, like especially for their division. That division's very open up. Obviously, we don't know what's going on with Daniel Jones. I didn't even see this game, so I don't really know what's going on with him. He uh, uh he had, didn't he have didn't he have to come back into the game after Tyrod Taylor
5: was was out yeah Saquon was, like, was in there for like two drives, they they ran like read option every single play, like a wildcat read option every single play, and then after that, uh Daniel Jones came back in and like was just terrible. Yeah. So, uh, uh that's pretty much it for that game. I don't
3: really think anything was worth noting. I mean, still the same thing, the Bears aren't throwing the ball, which that really uh, speaking of instilling confidence in your guys, you can't you must think either they think Justin Fields sucks or they don't have
5: the confidence in him to.
2: The the coaching staff
5: definitely does cuz he's not throwing. He hasn't had a game where he's thrown more than 25 passes. Yeah, not so... completions, attempts which yeah, is insane.
3: It's, it's unfortunate because Justin Fields, I think I said this last week as well, was a guy who I wanted on the Patriots coming out of the draft. And I think he, he was pretty ob- good. obviously he has talent. It's just you hate to see that the Bears are wasting it. So speaking of a bunch of wasted talent, the Titans at the Colts this weekend, um, this game was pretty bad. Uh, Derek Henry returned. He, he actually played football, played well. But on the other side of the field, Jonathan Taylor sucked again. And he's having a really bad start to the year, and the Colts are one and two and one. Yep, one, two, and one. Yep, it's just ugly start for them. In a like we say this every week, in a year where we thought the Colts would run away with this division.
4: Yeah, I mean do I don't really know who is going to win this division at this point. I mean, obviously. Texas, it's be the like, Jags. like the Jags actually have. I was just gonna say the Jags might be a sneaky team to come at the top of this division. I mean, the Titans don't look that good at all. Obviously, the Texans stuff and the Colts are in that middle area where, like, some weeks they look really good, and other weeks when they're bad, they're really, really bad. Yeah, the I mean,
3: it's not even embarrassing to say that the Jaguars are gonna win this division because they played the best football throughout their four weeks. I mean, They had a bad loss to the Commanders week one, which everyone was like, oh, the same old Jaguars. But then they come back weeks two, three. Even this week against the Eagles, very good Philadelphia Eagles team on the road. And they
5: only lost by one touchdown, basically. And they lost lost it in the fourth Mm -hmm. um, in a big way. And and a big reason for that loss was because Trevor Lawrence losing four fumbles. Yeah, that can't happen. But, I mean, that that was also a great game where – they, they were kind of covering throughout the whole game. And then the Eagles minus six and a half um, that we had um, kind of came through and got it done. But that's against a very impressive, the only undefeated team in the Eagles. So um, I'm not scared about the Jaguars in terms of, you know, going to like the championship game or to the Super Bowl. But I mean, they could easily win this division. The South stinks. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
5: It, they can be, I feel like the AFC South is the new. NFC East where
3: the team that's going to make the playoffs is going to suck in the playoff or the the winner of that division is obviously going to make the playoffs and then suck in the playoffs. It's like a buy for whoever that fifth seed is to face the fourth seed. that's probably what's going to happen here with the AFC South. There's no clear favorite and there's no team that's playing really well. So let's move on to the next game with featuring another AFC South team, but who cares about them when our Los Angeles Chargers are back? Austin Eckler is back. He scored three touchdowns. He did everything. He's he proved why I picked him fifth overall in fantasy. I I was very happy with how the Chargers performed. They battled through adversity and they got the win.
4: And I believe this was my lock of the week. So bolt up victory yes. Monday. Yep. We'd love to see it. Um, this is a perfect game for the Chargers to come back after a rough week against the Jaguars, who we obviously just talked about. But I mean, good win for them. Austin Eckler is fully activated. I believe he got his first touchdowns of the yep. year. Yep. He's this back. Week. So, first ones Echler, of the year. Fully back.
5: He had, you know, two on the ground, one in the air. Um, he was making up for a couple of weeks that he missed out on. Justin Herbert, by the way, I mean, has is still slaying the ball. I don't know. He, there's no way he's 100% healthy right now, but I feel like it's going to be one of those Matthew Stafford situations where just, like, nobody talks about it. Um, but, I mean, two touchdowns in the air, 340 yards, and when you can see Eckler rush for 60 and, and receive – for 50 yards, add on three touchdowns to that. That's exactly what we need from this team who currently doesn't have Keenan Allen mm-hmm. and Mike Williams with 120 yards as well, which was very good. It's what we need.
3: And the defense even played well. They had, they forced a, uh, or they got two interceptions off of Davis mills who uh, one of them came from Adderley and the other one from Bryce Callahan. Good to see Bryce yep. Callahan being acclimated into that defense. And, did J. C. Jack? Yeah, J. C. Jackson played. He had a uh, he had a tackle. He he, I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, he a- had a bad PI
5: too during. This I, game.
3: I didn't see that part, but it's always good to see when a corner's out of the news because it, usually that means that they're not being targeted. Other than that one time, but I do kind of want to mention a few things from the Texans because, like we said, the AFC South is terrible and they very well could actually win this division because because of how bad that division is. But Damian Pier- or uh, yeah, Damian Pierce. Finally proved why everyone was so hyped about him in fantasy. He had a really good game on the ground. I think he had. Over he was the yards. only
5: Texans player to run the football. Not even Davis Mills. Davis Mills didn't pass the line of scrimmage once. Rex Burkhead got five receptions for 39 yards, and he also scored a receiving touchdowns. But he didn't run the ball once. Damian Pierce had 14 carries, and that was those were their only 14 runs of the whole game. That's yeah, crazy. and what did what did he put up 146 on the ground? Uh, 131 on the ground with a touchdown, and then he also had six receptions, but for only eight yards. So that's a good fantasy day because those six receptions PPR. That's that's a very good day. Andy Andy tagged along a touchdown. So I mean, mm-hmm. those people that picked the rookie up early. I mean, if he keeps performing like this, which I think he will, in a Houston's team or Houston Texans team that really isn't that good. But I mean, 03 and one, like you said, the AFC South is as wide open as it gets chargers now at two and two i still like us in the west i still like us in the west
3: yeah a hundred percent and i mean the we'll get to the chiefs game but the chargers play have played other than the colts which that well that's a trap game that's a throwaway game but the chargers have played the chiefs probably the best out of every team that's faced them this year up to this point and Definitely. we'll see that and they only lost
5: because herbert was hurt
3: yeah exactly and another guy on the Chargers I do want to talk about is Gerald Everett. I mean, he's stepping in and playing t- uh, that tight end role very well. He's becoming a security blanket for Justin Herbert. I think he's almost caught a touchdown in every single game that he's played from Herbert other than last week against the Jaguars. But um, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what this offense looks like fully healthy because you have so many weapons for Herbert. I mean, obviously, you have on the outside, you have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer. Now you have Gerald Everett and Austin Eckler out of the backfield playing well. That's yeah. a scary offense, and I, I cannot wait to see what happens with that team.
5: Definitely. I, I'm very excited. I mean, it's a it's a great day to be a Bull fan. It's a great day to be a Hawk fan. Um, Seahawks, Chargers, Week 7, they were maybe a vlog. There may be a vlog. I'm going to call
3: it now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: Vlog I'm, gonna say, I'm just going to hint that at it now. I'm just going to hint that at it now. <laughs> <laughs> All
3: right. Next game on our slate. The Browns at the Falcons. This game happened. I mean, it was there. Nick Nick Chubb played well.
5: I want to. I actually. I just want to say. So I had uh, four TVs set up. So this game was actually on. Uh, <laughs> like a lot of the game was on. This game was actually nuts. I'm not gonna lie. Atlanta was the worst team on planet Earth in the second half until the fourth quarter came and they went off with like the last two drives. They just scored two touchdowns. They ran for over 200 200 yards. Atlanta looked so good on offense, and they were just running that college style with Marcus Mariota. And this was a big game that, in my opinion, (laughs) the Browns needed to win because this is one of the teams that the Browns can beat, you know, before getting Deshaun Watson back in in an AFC North that they can win. So I think this was tough. Um, Jacoby Brissett didn't look fantastic. But you're right, Nick Chubb went off once again. Kareem Hunt did his thing as well. Um, But Atlanta can run the ball. And and even with Cordero Patterson getting hurt, Tyler Algier, the rookie, stepped in and and finished off the game with 84 yards, did pretty good. And and they didn't look too bad at all. They're just like that quick, run-heavy offense that doesn't really do too much anymore in the league, but they can sneak out some wins. Yeah. Poor
3: Cordero Patterson. You hate to see him go down on the IR. He'll miss at least four weeks as we know, but um, he's a guy who we always talk about as he's finally found his footing in Atlanta. He's playing very Mm -hmm. well. He's scoring a lot of touchdowns and hopefully we can see him bounce back when he returns from the IR Mm -hmm. Um, and Nick Chubb, He's bounced back as well from after kind of a little shaky 2021 season He's rushing for over 100 yards a game. He's scoring his touchdowns. He's doing his thing. The Browns are going to be really good when Groper Cleveland returns, and it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens in that AFC North, as we stated before. So, should we move on to the next game? My lock of the week. I, this is the first time I think in iT five history when all three of us hit our lock of the week because I wasn't on the podcast last year. So it has to be the first time because whatever. So commanders at Cowboys, Cooper rush continues just to win games. I mean, he's not going to lose you games, but he's going to put you in position to win. And he, he, he just looks very comfortable in that offense. I know they've kind of had an easy ish schedule when he's been playing, but that's exactly what you need. I mean, Cooper rush just, Gets the ball to his playmakers, and the playmakers make plays, obviously. I mean, CeeDee Lamb had a great game. He's scoring a touchdown every single game that Cooper Rush is playing. And the Cowboys' defensive line is just awesome. It's just like a a treat to watch. And Carson Wentz sucks, so it was just even funnier to watch. I feel like every time that game, I would flip back and forth because during the 1 o'clock slate, there was two games, one on Fox, one on CBS. The CBS game, obviously, Bills and Ravens, we'll get to that one. But the other one was the Cowboys and Commanders. And every time I would flip back, it would be like third and third for the yep. commanders.
5: Yep. And I'm like, what is yeah. wrong with
3: these guys? Well,
5: well, the thing about it was they couldn't get the run game going at all in the slightest, and that's because of that D-line. Um, so Carson Wentz had to throw the ball 42 times. And what happens when Carson Wentz throws the ball 42 times, you can pretty much just chalk that up as a loss. So that's – I mean, that's exactly what happened. the Cowboys played the commanders perfectly. The commanders, after winning in week one, have dropped three straight now dallas at three and one in the nfc east making it look tough um on the eagles but i mean i still think the eagles got that division um not locked up but cooper rush has been getting it done i want to say that could be back this next week so lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
1: lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office
2: I mean,
5: you got to put him back on the bench. You don't pay someone twenty five million to put him on the bench. So if Dak can come back and beat Dak, this team's gonna be very dangerous. And the NFC East is pretty good this year.
4: I was gonna say I, I would like to hope that when Dak comes back, to this Cowboys team gets even better. I would hope with Dak's skill yeah. set, they can utilize their offensive weapons even more than Cooper Rush has. Which I mean, Cooper Rush has done quite a very good job on. Getting it to everybody. And he he's playing like a starter out there. He's not even playing like someone who is the backup. Like, he's really playing like someone's just going to win them games. Obviously, like we said, he's not someone's going to win or lose just by himself, but, like, they will get to win for you for sure. Obviously, the commander's having a bad three-week stretch after that first week, but this division is actually shaping up to be pretty decent. I mean, mm-hmm. you kind of hope that the Eagles are probably going to win this division, but who knows about that coming back that they could put up a fight against the Eagles.
5: Yeah, I mean, I think – With the trajectory of it, I I think the Cowboys sneak into the playoffs for sure Mm -hmm. in a wild card spot. And it's really all up to Dak. Now, I think the big difference between Cooper Rush and Dak is that Dak is playing with a lot to lose. And he knows who, like, I mean, he's been there for a while. He knows who his boys are, like CD, obviously Zeke. Um, Michael Gallup finally coming back. He scored a touchdown today. Are uh, not today but on Sunday, um, but a big person that I think that should continue to get reps out there and should get a lot of touches, even with Dak coming back, is Noah Brown. And I talked about him a little bit earlier on the episode uh, when comparing him with his relationship with Cooper Rush because they played on the practice squad together for like a year and a half. So, I mean, that was like he was wide receiver one on the practice squad. Obviously, Cooper Rush was the quarterback of the practice squad, so they know each other very well. Noah Brown has been very good through the first four weeks. Um, And and I'm expecting him to low key step into that wide receiver too. And I know it sounds crazy, but I I really think he could be a good wide receiver too, give Michael Gallup some time to get off or get back from this ACL injury. By the way, played today with a touchdown, didn't wear a knee brace.
4: I was just saying like he definitely can play that wide receiver too, and they can almost just have two wide receiver twos with Gallup and Noah Brown. I mean, like, they both, they basically kind of play the same style a little bit, and I feel like if they can just utilize both of them almost the same amount until Gallup is 100%, like you said, they will be very good. Yeah.
3: Boys, sorry to interrupt, but I just made a trade in fantasy, and I want to hear your initial thoughts on that. Ready? I'm going to be one and three, so I need to shake up the locker room. I, I receive Terry McLaurin, Melvin Gordon, and our sweet prince, Justin Herbert, and I'm trading away Aaron Rodgers, Drake London, and Najee Harris. I like that. I needed a quarterback. I don't love Aaron Rodgers right now. No,
5: um, Najee,
3: it, it hurts a little bit to give up Najee Harris just because. Um,
5: and what I'm scared of is Melvin Gordon fumbles all the time.
3: Yeah, he, he loves fumbling. But now he's going to be the RB1 in that set. And the Broncos yes. suck. Yep. That's so right. I I had. I, 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 proposed a trade. I need a shake-up in the locker room. I'm 1-3. That can't continue to happen, and I trust Justin Herbert to give me points.
5: I like that. That's a new quarterback. That's a real shake-up. A good Shake-up
3: in the locker room, but I need it. And um, I'm excited to see where... Oh, I have to change my fantasy team name now because it was centered around Aaron Rodgers, but it'll now be centered <laughs> around Justin Herbert. My team name was using Ayahuasca. All right. <laughs> um... <laughs> Sorry, I kind of zoned out for a little bit. I was doing business with that trade continuing. All
5: right, but all right, we'll move on to the next game. Um, good trade. Um, but, I mean, I guess we'll keep it in the East with the Eagles um, 4-0 now. In a big cover, they won the game by eight points against the Jags, who we said at 2-2. Two and two, They're kind of one of those 2-2 two and two teams that could easily win their division. Um, Trevor Lawrence – threw the ball 23 times, didn't do too bad, two touchdowns, one pick. But he lost four fumbles in this game, four fumbles, the most I want to say in NFL history, um, or at least in the modern era. I saw it on social media yesterday. But Jalen Hurts has come through. He's done it again. Um, Didn't throw for one, but he ran one in. Miles Sanders had a fantastic day. This is such a ground-and-pound team that, I mean – can run the ball all over you and that'll break the break break open deep for AJ Brown for DeVonta Smith at some point to maybe step in in a rainy game in Philly just a great game and this is a great team stop.
3: Yeah, no 100%. I mean, excuse me, this was another game that you and I were talking about throughout the event and I wasn't really nervous at any point. I know that the Jaguars went up 14 nothing early. I think they started off with a pick six and then they end up scoring on a touch like an offensive touchdown, like a five-yard out route to Jamal Agnew or something like that. But I was never nervous for this game for the Eagles. I always thought that the Eagles would end up coming back and winning. And they ended I knew
5: up, they would. I mean, they, they were down,
3: I mean, they were down 14-0 Sorry, They were down 14-20 in the second quarter. Yes. They were down 14-0 and they covered six and a half, which is unbelievable. What a comeback. Um Griff, you're no, I'm sorry, this was not your luck of the week. I don't no. know why I thought it was. But it was going to be my lock of the week. That's right. That's right. We talked about that briefly. But um, I'm very happy that the Eagles played well. Um, And they're just going to – I mean, A.J., although they couldn't pass the ball that well, A.J. Brown still had, what, five for 95? Yeah, That's awesome. And this Eagles team is really becoming a threat, and I'm very excited to see when the Eagles and the Cowboys actually face off because that's going to be an awesome game. I think those those are two very good teams – the strengths and weaknesses for both of those teams combat like head to head, like the strength Too of the weak. Eagles, yeah, the strength of the Eagles' rushing attack versus the defensive line dominance of the Cowboys, and vice versa stuff. like it, It's going to be a great game, and I yeah. that I'm very excited for that game.
0: Good. All
3: right, and then let's move on to the next game. We have probably the game of the one o'clock slate: the Bills at the Ravens. The Ravens choke away another big lead. They went up. They were up twenty to nothing, right, against the yeah. Bills, and they lose the game. I feel like John Harbaugh tries way too hard to be like. Right, risky I think it was twenty three. I think it was twenty three. Sorry. Yeah, you know no, you're right. You're right. You're right. They they try way too hard to like, or he tries way too hard to be that risky go for it coach. Like, try, blah, blah, blah. dude. You got to take the points, and especially when. It's sloppy conditions. It's fourth down. It's a long three. You, you, you got to kick the field goal. You go up three, and then you force the Bills to actually go down the field neither tie it or go for the win, but they're not going to waste the entire clock and kick a field goal like what actually happened when you failed that fourth down.
5: Yeah, and, you know, a game that me and Stoff had as a bet the over Um After the first half, we had pretty much locked it up. This was going to hit, no doubt, in our minds. Baltimore, in the second half, didn't score a single point. Not one point. They didn't score a single point. Um, The over, which was set at, I want to say, 50.5, we were close. We were were damn close. close. And all it really took was for Baltimore to score on that big drive that they had in the the fourth quarter. There was about – I mean, I think they got the ball at the beginning of the fourth. Mm-hmm. They took it down to about six, five, five or six minutes and then ended it by going it for it on fourth down and didn't get it. Didn't. Oh, wow. English is so hard because yeah, I'm just so upset about this game. They didn't end up getting it. And, and that kind of deflated the whole thing. The Bills just ran the clock out, not by actually running the ball, by, but just giving like dump downs, all that fun stuff, um, kicking a field goal to end the game. It was an absolute heartbreaker when it came to the over under of that game.
3: And Griff, my favorite part about betting over under is when it gets down to the nitty gritty and it, the percentages aren't looking on your side, and you start doing math. Like, okay, yes, all yes. we need is this, this, and this. There's, I think
5: it to, points, this this amount of time.
3: I think we got to the point where it's like. The Bills are driving, but the clock was winding down. We're like, we need them to kick three. We need, we need a field Ravens. goal.
5: Yeah, Ravens to come back, kick a field goal, bring it in overtime. First person whoever gets the ball just scores a touchdown, and we got. Yeah. it.
3: and that's what we were praying for. Unfortunately, the Bills are losers and just wasted the clock and did the right thing and kicked a field goal with no time. If I more. played
5: again, if this was a Madden game and I was playing against the Bills, I would be so mad at
3: this. Person. Oh, a hundred percent. And I was very. But that's fat- how you
5: win a football game.
3: Yeah, I guess so. And I mean, I was very frustrated as Griff knows we were. We were going back and forth all day, like the Bills, fucking losers, and we said a bunch of other vulgar words about them. But yeah, that that was a good game, though. And the Ravens should be four and zero right now, but they love to choke away
5: games. Yes, yes. And the Bills at three and one, staying alive. Um, I was actually surprised because I know that. Wait, let me find. I know that. Uh, what's their safety? Which one? Not boy, Micah Hyde. Yeah. Um, Micah Hyde was out the rest of the season. I. Jordan Poyer got hurt a couple of weeks ago, but he's already back. So I've been just steady betting the over in the Bills games because they don't have safeties. Mm-hmm. Um, That's exactly Jordan my thought process back. too. <laughs> I didn't know he was back. If I knew he was back, I, I would have maybe nah, – no, I would have still taken it. But um, I'm going to have to look more into it next week because pretty much just every week I just press, you know, over on the Bills game. And I'm pretty much just thinking it's a lock. They don't have safeties. Um, But the bills, that's a big win for them in a team that they only play once a season, um, a team that, I mean, are kind of held at the same level. You know, they have two of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, Both of these quarterbacks led their teams in rushing. Josh Allen had 70 yards. Lamar had 73 yards. Um, You know, this, this has been a tough road. I feel like for the bills with a lot of injuries on defense, but they've improved to three and one. And I mean, I don't mean to get into the emotional side of Tua, but, I mean, when you're just looking at it on paper, that kind of opened up the East for the Bills. Oh, 100%. And
3: that, I feel like what, if Tua was healthy for the entire season, like, I mean, he hopefully he comes back and he's healthy and they don't rush him back and whatnot. But the Dolphins were on pace to win this division. I mean, they had the tiebreaker over the Bills, and it's going to be one of those things where we're going to ask the what-if question throughout the rest of the year. And unless Teddy B prevails, we'll see. I'd rather have them start Skylar Thompson just because he's a cannon. And that would be awesome to see him throw 80 yard touchdowns to Tyree kill every play. But I mean, this division's still up in the air between the dolphins and the, uh, the dolphins and the bills. I think, I I don't think the dolphins are going to trail too much like, or lose too much ground, especially because they have that tiebreaker. They're three and one. So are the bills. And we've seen better things out of the Dolphins compared to the Bills. I think the Bills only play well when they have a chip on their shoulder. There's no chip on the, the Bills' shoulder right now. Like, everyone expects them to be the best team in the NFL. And that's not a good thing for this Bills locker room. So I, we'll see what happens going forward. But it's going to be interesting to see how the AFC shakes out. Let's Now that wraps up the 1 o'clock slate. Let's head to the 4 o'clock slate. The Cardinals at the Panthers.
4: Wow. Last week. What was that? I, I felt like they played last week. Dude, I, dude, I could have swore
5: the same thing. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I don't and, know what I they played last week. Like, why did the Cardinals play the Rams? I thought I could have swore they – and the Panthers played the Saints. Like, they both played against divisional opponents. I could have swore they played each other last week, and I could have swore it was the same exact result. This was my least favorite game of the week. Oh, 100%. I think I'm just going to continue to start saying that every time I see Kyler Murray play football.
4: Him and and Baker League. Mayfield has been
5: atrocious.
4: Yeah. It, it, this, game. this game literally happened if you saw it, which hopefully you didn't. We keep it going. Yeah, I yeah. had
5: this game on. So the 4 o'clock slate, I had four TVs. There's only three games going on in the 4 o'clock slate. So I had to subtract one of the televisions. Um, so this game was on a TV. I didn't watch it. It's on the TV. I was looking at, I mean, the Broncos game was on. And then um, what was the other game on the Patriots game? Obviously Mm -hmm. I just didn't even watch this game. Like my, my eyes were completely off centered from that game. This game was terrible.
3: Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate because I like Baker Mayfield. I've always rooted for him even back in his Oklahoma days, but he's just struggling right now. He threw two picks. He lost a fumble. Um, McCaffrey hasn't really been getting it going, but this this Panthers team—it's another team that's very talented. They can put it together; it's just a matter of if they will. And mm-hmm. that defense is kind of lacking, but the offensive talent—it's kind of weird how they're not putting it together. You have Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson—you got three guys who can just make explosive plays. DJ Moore's a solidified wide receiver, one most offenses. So hopefully. They figure it out because you don't want to see Baker Mayfield struggling. And he had a really bad quote after the game when he was like, I don't care if the fans are booing us, we'll figure it out, stuff like that. You can't say you don't care about the fans just because of the backlash you'll get. But, yeah, um, this game happened. Kyler Murray sucks. Worst team in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals. Next game on the slate, speaking of the worst teams in the NFL – We have the Denver Broncos versus the Raiders. And Josh Jacobs ran for a ton of yards and had two touchdowns. And the Broncos suck. The Broncos are terrible, and they're a disgrace to watch. And I feel bad for Javante Williams. Those are my only comments about the game.
4: Yeah, the Broncos suck. And I guess the Raiders are fine, but the Broncos just suck more than the Raiders do. I think the real test is next week for the Raiders. No matter who they play. I don't even know who they play, but it's still a test. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Chiefs. Yep. It's definitely That's a big a test. It's a test. That's oh, a big test. test. <laughs> Most definitely
5: a test. That's a good call
4: from you, Will.
2: <laughs>
5: that. Uh, but this game was a game um, where I think the winning team was wearing the black and white that day. Um, and I'm not talking about the Raiders. But, I mean, this was chalked up as a win at, for the Raiders it's as simple as that the Broncos stink they're the worst two and two team in the whole league the Raiders are a better football team than the Denver Broncos and it doesn't matter you take away standings all of that the Raiders are better than the Broncos um I would even argue that Derek Carr is better than Russell Wilson especially this year if you want to go back to the numbers he is Russell Wilson has been struggling um whether you like it or not and Melvin Gordon fumbles like five times a game and Javonta Williams who was I mean the Young Shining Star on this team is now out for the season. This team is in shambles. And, I, and I've and i been saying that they aren't going to do good. And I've been saying that Russ isn't going to get this team around him, and that's exactly what's happening. The Las Vegas defense was actually amazing in this game, like actually amazing in this game. Um, I'm trying to figure out who it was. Amik Robertson had the craziest scoop and score of all time where the ball literally just ended up in his hands and he just outran everybody to the end zone. A fantastic game for the Vegas defense. Um, Like you said, Josh Jacobs ran for a ton of yards. Devontae finally got over a hundred yards receiving. Um, Just give him the ball and you'll be fine.
3: And I think that's another thing where we, um, like we said earlier, this team just needs time to gel a little bit. I think, I think we kind of jumped, on the Raiders a little too much they have a lot of talent and I've said that about a lot of teams too but they have talent at the quarterback position Derek Carr I think is a very solid quarterback and what's crazy is he threw for 188 yards and 101 of them worked to Devontae Adams and that's exactly the recipe of success that's yeah, like, exactly we, I think the best we receiver said, league. I think we said this last episode you force feed Devontae Adams he's a, a top three receiver in the NFL <laughs> He's open. You give him the ball, he's going to make a play, and look what happened. You win the ball when you force him the ball. He had nine receptions, 100 yards. Josh Jacobs, another guy who he said, you got to force him the rock. 28 carries, 144 yards, and two touchdowns. That is exactly what the uh, doctor drew up. Josh McDaniels finally listened inside the five. I think he listened, and uh, yeah, probably look listen what happened. Him, so.
5: yeah. up, um, I, I want to say um, Devontae, Devontae Adams is the best, most established wide receiver right now in the nfl you know jay jettas is a great wide receiver he could be the best in the league he is not the most established devontae adams has been doing this for years now and just because he has a different quarterback doesn't mean that he shouldn't be getting the ball as much as um or as or as little as he did in the past couple of weeks like he's been amazing he's going to continue to be amazing just give him the ball and you will win football games that's all you need to do because that defense if they play like that they're going to be pretty good this year. And, I mean, in a tough division, I think that they don't really have as good, as, a, a, as good of a chance to get into that wild card, you know, going up against the Chargers and the Chiefs. But with the Broncos falling apart, that helps them out a lot.
4: They just are utilizing the key players they have because if they don't, they're not making the playoffs. Yeah. That's it. Speaking and it's team. playoff robust for them.
3: Yeah, speaking of teams that aren't making the playoffs, the Patriots went to Green Bay and faced the Green Bay Packers, obviously. This ended up being a very good game, and it's Bailey Zappi time in New England.
5: This was a win for New England. Oh, 100%. I'm I'm just going to say a little bit because obviously this is you guys' team, so I'll let you handle it after that. Um, This is a win for them. Bailey Zappi, first off, didn't throw a pick. You brought it into overtime against someone that's going for three straight MVPs right now. Um, and Bailey Zappi went in 10 for 15, 99 yards in a touchdown. That's a win. That's all I have to say about 100%. You guys can and, take it from that. All
3: right. I want to say a few things. This might sound like I'm jumping the gun. But Bailey Zappi needs to start going forward until then we have a quarterback controversy with him and Mac Jones, to be honest. I Like, from what I saw in Bailey Zappi. He set again,
5: records. I loved Bailey Zappi. He set records. Yeah. So records. From what
3: I saw from Bailey Zappi this week against the Packers was no different than what I saw out of Mac Jones in the first few weeks, even going back to last year. And, I mean, I don't want to really talk about the first few drives just because the nerves and whatnot. You, you started off backed up. But he still did his job. He's a guy who I think has more upside than Mac Jones, to be honest. I mean, like you said, Griff, he set records in college. Yeah, like yeah, people don't know the it. ball, and I I think they need to unleash the play or like let loosen. They them need to, need to let him throw it deep
5: starting next week. He's and gonna start throwing bombs to Nelson Aguilar.
3: He was so he was accurate. He has an arm. He was accurate, he was making tight window throws that I didn't think he could make. I mean, he didn't have Mac Jones
5: couldn't make some of those throws. I'm being no serious. Mac Jones he doesn't have that and, same arm strength,
3: and I think Bailey Zappy's more tough to be honest, because we Great saw name, it too. Great. That's oh, a, that's it's yeah, a I quarterback it. name. Yeah, that's a quarterback name, and we saw it with him. He steps into the pocket, throws, and takes a hit. Mac Jones does oh, not yeah. take hits well but Bailey he steps in there he takes hits he wants to make these throws and he knows when to eat it too yeah you take a sack you live to fight another down mac jones loves to throw throw balls up in the air and get picked off when he's facing pressure but bailey from what we saw with he probably wasn't running with the ones during practice
2: no, i want to see never. him yeah
3: i want to <laughs> see him running with the ones Kind of like what I said about Kenny Pickett and the Steelers. I want Bailey Zappi to be running with the ones. I want him to have a full week of practice, knowing he's the starter, and go and face Detroit at home next week and put up big numbers. Because That's a game that you can win. That's
5: a tough game that you can win. And that's a
3: perfect team to uh, let Bailey Zappi kind of unleash. I mean, the the Detroit Lions defense stinks, and – we that they can't stop the run so that just unleashes a whole play action set that unleashed star receivers and I think it's going to be a perfect game for Bailey Zappy to start
4: I mean at the beginning of the season obviously we we I mean I don't know why we let Mac Jones kind of like just slip under the radar and let him be QB one like undoubtedly obviously like there's not much competition but why there wasn't a look at Bailey Zappi to begin with like we drafted him for a reason there's obviously we drafted
3: him in the fourth round too like I continue, yeah. but I have more to say about it's that. It's relatively
4: high for someone that we already have a QB one for. Like usually, if you have a QB one, the second only... year guy, especially. Exactly. So I don't know why there wasn't any. Not that there needs to be um, a competition, but there should have been some form of. We should have been looking at Bailey Zappi at some point. Even, even just a thought of doubt. Of even just like okay, maybe he could be better. Maybe there's something that there that Mac Jones doesn't have. Which I mean, looking at this game last night that we are in a four o'clock slate against the Green Bay. I mean, he looked very, very good. I mean, I hope next week when we play the Lions, we fully unleash him. He goes deep. He shows off what he has, and I hope there's some formal competition because if he can keep it up, he's gonna be better than Mac Jones.
3: Oh, I 100% want Bailey Zappi to be breathing down Mac Jones' neck. Like, we, at least if makes it,
4: Mac Jones better than it makes Mac Jones better. But like, as of right now, like he's very Bailey Zappi is pretty
5: much just Tom Brady. Yeah, pretty much. I like, mean, like, like, Mac just, Jones got hurt. He's not going to get the job back ever again. You guys are going to win like six or seven more.
3: And what I like, if we're winning games with Bailey Zappi at quarterback, what's the point of switching? And I know Bill Belichick has no problem with moving on from players that like the fans love. And we had this question kind of going into this week is Mac Jones the guy? And If Bailey Zappi just continues to win, I mean, we we kind of have a little bit of a cakewalk in the schedule upcoming. But if he puts up the stats, if he's taking care of the ball, there's no reason why I don't want to see Bailey Zappi continue to play. I mean,
4: Zappi could be a guy. That's all I'm saying. There's
5: no way. There's no way. I I said this before the game even started. Bailey Zappi should have started this game over Brian Hoyer if you want to go take a shot and win a game. Bailey Zappi's the guy. Brian Hoyer will not win an NFL game. And I think that's the exact
3: mindset the Patriots had, to be honest. In overtime, Griff, I know you might have had it on one of your TVs, but they oh, – I had it on – yeah, I had it on the main TV, the biggest they one. They were playing that game in overtime not to lose. They, I think they were, would have yes. been satisfied with a, with a tie. They were with the on time, the yeah. Green Bay 45, fourth and five, and you punt and they on punt. the opponent's – Like, what's the point of that? That's a net game of took the to five yards. And I think that was a bad decision. It was reminiscent of last year's. And game it wasn't, it it wasn't even a good punt. It was a no, bad pump. Jake Bailey has had a terrible start to the season. And I really hope that Bill Belichick realizes with the state of the team right now, the state of the AFC in general, how good it is. You got to take chances to win games, especially against a non division opponent where the losses don't hurt as much as in division opponents do. But you got to take a chance. You got to win the game and you got to let the kid. You gotta let the kid cook. And I think Bailey Zappi, I, I pray that we see him next week because I am very excited to see what this offense can do with him at the helm. Good. And I think that wraps up the four o'clock slate. Let's move into Sunday night. Um, the Chiefs at the Buccaneers Super Bowl 55 rematch. Wow, the the, the Chiefs the Chiefs continue to impress me, to be honest. I mean, they had that, like we said, they had that one trap game last week against the Colts, but they dominated the bucks. Like this game was never really in question. Griff, this was your lock of the week. Congratulations. Um I want you to talk a little bit about what you saw in this game.
5: Oh, well, it it was simple. In the first half, it was just complete and utter domination. And and then in the second half, um you know, we saw some wacky things happen. Um that's what happens in a tough NFL game. And Tampa scored a couple of TDs in the in the second half to make it a 10-point game to look a little reasonable. Kansas City just straight off the gun, you know, on the opening kickoff when there was a fumble, they just got straight to it, you know, and and scored on the second offensive play to Travis Kelsey um, of the game. Clyde, Edward, Clyde Edwards E. Lair, you know, put together 92 yards. He looked amazing. And that's a tough uh, running back room now with their rookie, Isaiah Pacheco, who they got in the seventh round. He had 11 carries for 63 yards, and he was getting it done in the air as well, too. That's a tandem that I'm expecting to see a lot more of. And I think Jerick McKinnon's going to take more of a seat now that Isaiah Pacheco has gotten a couple of carries under his belt. Seeing him get into a rhythm yesterday was like magic because I mean, Isaiah Pacheco is about five, like five, ten, maybe at most. And he just has such a low center of gravity that he doesn't go down very easily at all. He he pounds for yards, he fights for yards. He averaged almost six yards per carry yesterday, and he looked very good for a seventh round running back. And he's weird looking at in the backfield because he wears number 10. Also, their kick returner and power returner. But the Chiefs just dominated on offense. Travis Kelsey got it done. Marquise valdez scaling, who I think can be their top wide receiver over Juju, had a pretty good game. And the defense was iffy, but when you have Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the ball, I wouldn't worry too much. LeJarrius Snead had a great game, though
3: hmm mm-hmm. I I mean I was I was impressed. I mean the Bucks do look bad, to be honest. Like the, I Tom Brady's probably sitting there like, why the hell did I return? Why did I just ruin my family like my family dynamic by returning this season? I should have stayed home, should have stayed retired. But yeah, the, the, the Bucks, I don't know what they're gonna do going forward. They're fully healthy. You man. want to
5: talk about our bet that we had on this game stuff?
3: Oh, oh, I not really, but the worst better
5: uh, than the weekend?
3: That yeah, that was really bad. I think so. Leonard Fournette had he was projected was uh oh we Griff and I took over 60 and a half rushing yards, right? Yeah, and it was funny because I asked Griff what he had going into Sunday night, and he was like he sent me his thing. I'm like, you know what? I might just play it smart. I'm up a few units right now. Um I'll just take my win. And then it was like 8:15. I was in the car, like driving back to Boston, and I'm like Fuck it, i'm going to take the i'm going to take the over with you griff so we have something to root for in this game cuz i didn't have a dog in
5: the fight here but yeah that, and, that i mean good. at the start of the second quarter we didn't have a dog in the fight either yeah it it, it <laughs> was bad like he was terrible he finished with he, he carried the ball three times this is <laughs> like <a laughs> negative 3 rushing up, yards. negative
3: <laughs> 3 i think that's the first time i in my betting <laughs> life where i bet on someone to get over yards or whatever and they finished with less yards in the like
5: the, they had the to get third, more yards than they were projecting. Like, no, they- we needed at the beginning of the game, we needed 61 rushing yards to win this bet. By the third quarter, we needed 63 rushing yards. <laughs> <to win this laughs> like, why? The no, we needed 64. Players, we needed 64. Like, we it was that was a bad bet. that was a bad it, bet. You know, it was funny
3: was,
4: on it, and then all of a sudden, last night, when we were playing 2K, so I was like, oh nice receiving touchdown for that. And then he was like pissed about it. I was like, what? I was like, so confused. He had 60
5: yards in the air. <laughs> the Bucks don't, I, he had more receptions than carries. He's Leonard Fournette.
3: Yeah. I was, I was very pissed about that. And, um, what about your receiving bet with Clyde Edwards Alaire? You want to talk about that a little bit?
5: Um, no, but I, I guess <laughs> I will. Uh, <laughs> You know, <coughs> excuse me, I'm just very upset about this bet. Um, So I had a little player prop parlay of Travis Kelsey to have at least seven receptions. I mean, a lock. That's a lock. I do it every week. Um, Throw it into a parlay with something around the same odds to make around 30 bucks. Um, So to pair up with at least seven receptions from Travis Kelsey once again, which is a lock. Um, I was like, why not throw some money on Clyde Edwards a layer to catch – to catch some uh catch some passes today. How about 28 receiving yards at plus two fifty? Um, that gave me a lot of value. Um, I thought it was a great pick. 28 yards. Um, he finished the game with one reception for two yards, <laughs> which is absolutely terrible. Just a bad weekend of betting. Um, Sunday night was really the cherry on top of my terrible betting Sunday. Um I uh, it was bad. It was bad, and I need a very big reset. Um, tonight, I have Cooper Cup anytime touchdown. That's all I have.
3: Um, I'm I might ride that with you, but actually, <laughs> no, I might not because
5: like that's okay. I'm I'm low right now. I, I if I lose this bet, I need to put more money in the balance. So, so um, <laughs>
3: I, I kind of cut out for a little bit when you were going over that Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Did you talk about the drop on fourth and one? Oh, oh my god
5: thank you for reminding me because he had literally a 30 yard reception in front of his face he was the only person on that side of the field and he had a ball over the shoulder I'll imitate it right over the shoulder and it hit him in his right hand and he like went to bring it in and the ball literally couldn't have been any further away from his body it was the most embarrassing catch or attempt at a catch i've seen ever um, Patrick Mahomes was so mad. It was on fourth down. Once again, literally nobody on that side of the field, like may have ran it for 40 yards after that. That would have easily hit my bet. Um, I would have ended the week. If that bet hit, I would have ended the week plus one unit. Wow. Man, that would have been huge. Yep, and I didn't. So we're down. We're down. I'm not going to talk about how much we're down because this is an official betting show, but we're down. It's a new – no, Griff, Griff. It's a new week. You're even on the week. Technically, Yes. <laughs> no, you're even on the week. That's how we have to look at it. We're not We're not a betting show. No, no, we're not. Um, but I do want to say um, I actually have some stat- standouts of this week. I have two names that I want to throw out there. Um, and, and this is good because the first week that I'm talking about my two standouts, I'm thinking after every week I'm going to pick two players that were my standout players of the week, one from the AFC, one from the NFC, if y'all would like to join me. Um, you definitely can, but I'm gonna pick one player from each side at the end of each week. Um, how about two defensive players here, two corners, two rookie corners, one from my team, one from yours? We have Tariq Woolen, we have Jack Jones. Um, both catching pick sixes, both catching very impressive pick sixes. Jack Jones, Tariq Woolen, my standouts of the week.
3: Those are great picks, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hop onto this uh, bandwagon here, going with standouts of the week. One AFC, one NFC. NFC first, I wanted to start off with, or no, I'm going to go with AFC first. AFC, I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs because he's a guy who really hadn't had a good first three weeks. And he bounces back 144 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. That's exactly what we wanted to see out of him. I benched him in fantasy, which hurt a lot. (laughs) And I'm going to go to the NFC side. Another guy I benched in fantasy, Miles Sanders. Had another yep. great oh, yeah, game on the insane. ground. He
5: started him. Started him. Yep, you did the right thing. I, he was like an early-round pick for me. I have a lot of trust in him. Yeah, he was for me as if well. But I,
3: I benched him. And, and I played I, J.K. Dobbins this week too. I started a total of Najee Harris, who got me 7.4 points. Tony Pollard, who got me 1.3 points. And Jeff Wilson Jr. is going tonight against the Rams. I really wish I had. Right. And I also benched J.K. Dobbins. This I, played league, J- I played
5: JK Dobbins, who had 22, yep. and I played Miles Sanders, who had 29 points. Yeah. So, JK, as you can see here, JK
3: and Miles Sanders on my bench.
5: Nice to miss- you too.
3: Yeah. That's half point PPR in my league. I lost 20.3 points. That's a difference of 13 points from Najee Harris and 28.6 points. Another 27 points I could have gotten from Miles Sanders. And what am I down right now?
5: Would that have been a win?
3: No, I'm down by like a hundred right now because this kid put up like hundred seventy. So, oh my goodness, yeah, no,
5: yeah. I uh, I took a big win, and me and Will's little money league over here, two and one. Will, you over there, three and zero, oh, but not looking too hot this week.
4: Yeah, no, I took a loss this week. I was gonna say I was gonna it put was this on you guys as uh, stars of the week, but the fall of the week with Rashad Bateman. He's actually had a pretty deep, pretty bad last couple weeks. So. I like that. I like that. Throw him, throw him
5: down when he's down. Kick the
4: puck. And also Cam Akers, He hasn't played yet, but like I am kind of just like assuming he's just not gonna have a good week. (laughs) (laughs) He just hasn't played good ever. I like that. So yeah.
5: So every week, every week, um, we we'll do our standouts of the week, but just one of us like randomly has to at least say one person that just didn't do. Okay, I,
3: I have a few of mine for next week that's gonna happen. I guess <laughs> we already
5: know who's gonna be um, I know who's gonna
3: be bad next week, but I don't know who's gonna
5: be good, so I won't hit any bad everything
4: for Cam Akers tonight. Can yeah, no, is all.
3: I can I just say who my bad player of the week is going next week? Yeah. Russell Wilson on Thursday night. So was mine, so was mine, so was mine. Um, I got Russell Wilson.
5: Win. I have a dude, there's a few guys. I, I'm sleeping on Tom Brady next week. Mm-hmm. Who do they have? They have the Falcons. Tough <laughs> <game for them. laughs> you, didn't, you didn't know before you just said you're sleeping on it. No, he's not your mixing it there to find it. That's funny. All right. <laughs> so play no, the AJ Terrell's gonna lock up um Mike Evans. It's gonna be a big game for AJ Terrell. He's been having a great season. He might be my standout of the week come next week. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. so who knows? Okay. Um, but to finish up this episode, um, we'll still in first place lock of the week. We all hit this week. Congratulations, everybody! Will was three and one. Um, Me and Stav still sitting at two and two at five hundred. Anybody else have anything?
4: Jersey bet is a go so far.
5: Oh yeah, because yeah, at the end of the season you have to buy a jersey, Will. Um, (laughs) If you wait, wait, what was the actual bet? Is it if you as long as you don't get second place? So I have to win, win or lose, but you cannot get second place.
3: If you get second place, then Will has to buy a jersey bit from us of our choosing. I think that's what we said, oh, right?
4: Oh no, no Snob has to buy a jersey.
3: Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Stav buys a jersey. Yes, I'll buy it. Yes. So I'll buy a jersey. A jersey in this jersey bet. Well, right, wait, hold on. Before we actually log off, are we doing a jersey bet for the Super
5: League? Yes, I think. I think it's just whoever wins the Super League gets a jersey. The other three split it.
3: I think that. Yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. And it's someone on their team.
0: Yes, yes.
3: Okay, yeah, that's primarily primarily the reason why I want Jamar Chase from Will. <laughs> that's, like,
5: a main reason. Yeah, I reason. need to turn it around. I, I got my to, first win. I need to turn it around so I can get a uh, – whose jersey would I get? Jahan Dodson.
4: <laughs> Speaking of jerseys, actually, I just recently bought a jersey. It's coming in soon. Um, why did we not know the about South this? South Jersey bet over there. Uh, it wasn't a self jersey bet, it was actually just more of like I needed the jersey, it was due, I was due for one. But we'll see it soon.
5: It's Herbert, it's Herbert, it's definitely Herbert. No, because
4: Herbert. the Herbert is the jersey bet for the end of the year. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's Derwin James. I I don't know if I put my money on that, but yeah. Um, Mike will, so like I said,
3: yep, I called it.
4: It's Nasir
5: Adderley. <laughs> um, got it. But, uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for this one. Um, We will catch you guys on Friday. Have a good week, and peace. Peace.
1: Hi, I'm Maria.
2: And I'm Mike. And we're Team team ready.
1: Ready.